0: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Welcome to Faith in the Zone, a show about sports and faith and how the two come together in lives being touched. Right now, discover how people in sports walk in faith with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 1057 FM, The Fan.
0: All this time, all this time, you covered me.
2: Welcome to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 1057 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern, flying solo this week. Pastor Ken Keltner should be back next week. Our special in-studio guest, he's a uh, Milwaukee guy, and I'm excited to spend some time with him. He is Lisey Simpson. He's the head boys basketball coach at Cyber High School and the eighth grade coach at Central City Cyber School. Also a teacher um, at the school, at the the, uh, the middle school, or the, the grade school, excuse me, fifth through eighth grade, he uh, is a part of the Heart Reading Intervention Program, we'll ask him a little bit about that. Let's say it's good to meet you. How you been?
3: I've been good. A pleasure to be here.
2: Yeah. How uh, How's the basketball team playing?
3: Basketball's good. It's been exciting. This is our first year having a high school team, so we've had some ups, we've had some downs, but um, I try to stay even keel right in the middle, so we're, we're, we're looking good.
2: Hey, t- so tell me about, and, and I don't know much about the Cyber High School. Mm-hmm. And I know that you guys, it's a relatively new school, correct?
3: Yes, sir. Um, We just started the high school actually this year. Uh, We have about 50 freshmen, so everything has been brand new. Uh, We've kind of been learning on the fly, Um, had some great times, had some not so great times, but um, it's all a part of building something new. So it's been exciting for us. The basketball program is new as well. And we've had the majority of these kids um, at the elementary and the middle school before, so we're pretty familiar with most of them.
2: How long have you been part of the program, part of the school?
3: This is my 17th year altogether at the school. Um, so now
2: I'm, you understand this. You look like you're about 23 years old, right? Yeah, that's what yeah everybody you, says. You get so, that a lot. Yeah, I'm gonna keep that magic, that magic <laughs> yeah. number to myself. I get you that a lot. Yeah. You know what? You do that because <laughs> I tell you what. You keep getting carded for if you're, you know, wherever you are. I'll take it. Uh, yeah. You 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 do that because not everybody's blessed that way. Trust me. Yeah, it's a blessing. Um. So right out of uh, where where you're a Milwaukee guy? Yes, sir. Where'd you go to high school? I went to Wauwatosa West. I went to Mesmer
3: uh, for a year actually was put out of Mesmer, so I had to go back to Tulsa West where I started. I was just kind of playing around, not serious, so I got put out of there and had to go back to Tulsa West, but I was in the Tulsa system um, from fifth grade all the way through high school, so I dipped off to Mesmer for a semester, um, got put out, and my... High school welcomed me back, so shout out to Wallace Tulsa West,
2: the Trojans. Yes. So my wife and I both uh, Messmer grads, by the way. Okay. You should have called me; I would have got you back. Yeah, again. brother Bob was he, he brother Bob. He was yeah, rough, yeah. man.
3: Yeah, but he's a good guy. He's he he a good guy. He was serious, and but I respect he, him. He doesn't him. play. Not at all. Not a little bit.
2: No, he did. He did not play, and and you got to give him a lot of credit yes. for keeping that school open because yes, it, you know, they. Archdiocese said, hey, we're going to close Mesmer, and, and it's uh it's thriving right now. Definitely. It, it really is. Hey, so then from Wauwatosa West, you ended up going to uh, to Parkside?
3: Yes, sir. I went to Wisconsin Parkside. I was um, headed to Clark in Atlanta. Um, my financial aid didn't come through, and Wisconsin Parkside was the only other school that I applied for. My grades were real bad in high school. I didn't even think I could get into college. And a guy came along and helped me, said, I can get you in this program, and that's how I ended it, ended up at Wisconsin Parkside.
2: Who was that? was the guy that helped you? Uh, Brian Lade. You know what? Lade. Brian Laday. Man, thank God for Brian.
3: Oh, thank God. He changed my whole life. He changed my whole life. Great guy. I'm actually still friends with his son and daughter to this day. They, they went to the school as well.
2: Man, thank goodness for him. I, I got to tell you, every once in a while, and, and you know this from what you do for a living now, every once in a while, it takes somebody to step up. Yes. And say, hey, look, you know what? I, I'll, I'll put my neck out of the line for you for a little bit. But but you gotta make sure that you do not embarrass me on this thing. Agreed. And man, you, you know as a father of three yes. and as a as a teacher and as a coach, I mean, I, I would think half of your life right now is is making sure that these kids that, that you come in contact with on a daily basis understand what it takes to, to, to continue and, and do well at the college level and then beyond. Uh, I
3: would say almost all of it Um, Starts in my house with my kids, of course And then at school, um, that's pretty much all we're preaching every day Um, I obviously made some mistakes in high school I didn't have the best grades So I think sometimes it's easier for me to actually talk to the kids Because I'm coming to them from a perspective of not being the greatest And a lot of times I think they can't They just assume we all had straight A's We didn't have any struggles So when I'm telling them, listen, if you don't get your grades together This is going to happen, I know from experience So they listen a lot
2: so let's say on this show, I'll, I'll, I'll tell people that um, some of the guests, we have the worst thing they ever did in their life was steal a candy bar. Yes. And then you've got guys like Pastor Daryl Strawberry and myself that did some things you're not proud of. mm uh-huh. And if the Lord's willing to accept us into his family, and mm-hmm. eh, come on, who isn't he willing to accept? And it's funny, I, I get asked to go out and speak at schools and at churches and stuff. And the first time um, I got asked to speak at a men's group at a church, uh, when I, when it was done, there was about 240 men there. And the pastor came up and said, great job. I said, never again. Never doing this again. And he said, why? I said, I, you know what? I, I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed to talk about what I just talked, talked about. And he said, really? I said, yeah. He said, Hey, let me tell you something. I'm one of those guys that the worst thing I ever do is steal a candy bar. Mm-hmm. He said in that crowd of 240 men that you saw, there's 50 men out there that will not talk to me about the struggles they're going through. Mm-hmm. Cause I have no idea. They'll talk to you. Mm-hmm. And I said, quit talking to me, pastor. I don't want to hear from yeah. you anymore. And started yeah, laughing. Back. But he said, look, this isn't about you. It's not about you. right? You know what? You, you're not doing it anymore, right? I said, no. He said, and you moved on, and the Lord has helped you. Yes, that's the journey these guys need to hear. So I, I, I'm happy mm-hmm. that you're willing to talk about that part of your life.
3: I agree, I, and I think that's what you have to do, especially in the school system. Um, if you're going to get kids to buy into um, not just the sports system, but just the school in general, I think you have to have transparency, and I think that's where trust comes in because they feel like— I have somebody that's in my corner. Um, he not only looks like me; he's been through some of the same experiences. He's come from the same neighborhood, and he looks like me. He made it out. He made it out. So I'm gonna follow what he's telling me, and I, I may make some mistakes here and there. They, they're gonna make mistakes. I made them. You oh, made you them. bet, sure. And we just walk them through them. That's the biggest
2: job. Yeah, you can't. You know what? You can't kick him to the curb, and and say, you know what? Let somebody else deal with it. And I and I have to be honest with you. I've, I've been in the City of Milwaukee my whole life never moved outside of the borders of the city and i think and i could be wrong but i think there are times where enough is enough and and kids sometimes need to feel the wrath need to lose something Mm -hmm. to gain something and i don't know if we do that very often anymore i think it's second third fourth fifth chances where the kids keep thinking look i i can get away with whatever i whatever i do i'm getting away with so i'm just going to keep doing it
3: I agree, and I think it's a hard balance, you um, That's one of the things I even had to pray about this year, having a smaller high school team. That when someone messes up, it's almost it's hard because we don't have a lot of other people to choose from. But it's like, what are you going to be? Are you going to choose integrity, or are you going to choose winning? And you have to show the kids right away that listen, winning is not the most important thing. I got to get you ready for life, and it hurts you sometimes. I'm very competitive, um, coaching, playing basketball, so. You know, back in my mind, I'm like, goodness, we might lose this one tonight. But the reward is always better uh, when you choose integrity first. And it's something that I had to learn over the years to not let my competitive streak take over from teaching the kids the right lesson. So you're right. Absolutely about that.
2: I think we all as coaches do. I got to be honest with you. I think, you know, that you come up to that line and go, oh, man. Yeah. You know what? Maybe if I just have one more discussion with this young man. It won't happen again, and, and you learn by yeah. by that, and, and certainly um, you'll continue to learn. Our, our special guest today, he is, uh, I'll tell you what, Lisey Simpson and a head boys basketball coach at Cyber High School, and I do all the high school stuff on, on, on 105.7 FM, the fan, not familiar with Cyber High School, and I want to thank uh, your assistant coach. Uh, Mike is, uh, I, I got to tell you, Mike Ayler, who is, I'm in a fantasy football league with, and uh, he started talking to me about you at this draft that we had and um, sent me some information on you. And, and uh, he's a good man, does a nice job. And, you know, man, in, back in the day, he could shoot it a little bit.
3: Oh, my goodness. Um, I always tell stories. We worked at the school at the exact same time. I didn't know much about him in the early years. And um, we both, he was the head coach. I was the assistant coach at that time. And we would play horse every day in the gym. And honestly, I was saying, five years of playing horse, I probably beat him maybe twice.
2: Maybe twice. Maybe yeah. twice.
3: And I, that's maybe twice. And he was so modest. Um, I didn't know that he was had a lot of the accolades that he had. All one of the all-time leading scores at his college. Uh, he never said anything. Never says anything. Nothing. And nope. I, and I tell the kids now, they almost they couldn't believe it, but just a great guy. Humble guy
2: understands the game,
3: N- loves the game, loves it. Um, and yep. we, we work together so well. We have a third coach too, uh, Leon Williams. Shout out to him. Uh, so it's three of us, but just a just a great guy. We, I love Mike.
2: Hey, where is uh, Cyber High School? Where where is that located? We're
3: right in off of Sherman in Congress. It's it's the we call it the projects. It's like in Parkline, so sure be, it would be the Park Line project. That's what everybody would know it for. One of the best kept secrets. I was actually going to the YMCA, which was attached to it. Yep. For about five years, I never knew the school was on the other side. I was playing basketball there every week And all of a sudden I go for an interview And I'm like, it's a school here? So I, I never knew And it's the school has just been great It's been there 20 years
2: Hey, talk a little bit about, and I, and I went on the website mm-hmm. um, today, and I, and I looked up the school, and I, and I did some information on it and, and, and gathered some, and, and I'll just tell you a little bit about the mission of the school. It's to motivate um, each child from Milwaukee Central City um, the love of learning, the academic, social, and leadership skills necessary to engage in critical thinking, mm-hmm. and I like that. You know, that that I'll tell you what, if you guys accomplish that goal with 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 a number of kids um, from our city of Milwaukee, you're, you're, you're having a success that that I, I just I think they're going to really do well. And these are the kids that are going to lead our, our city in the future. These, these kids. And if you can teach them the academic, social, leadership skills necessary to engage in critical thinking, man, what a great first step. Tell me a little bit about the, the school itself. And as, you know, when you talk about the name, I, I've asked a couple of people. Again, not a lot of people have heard about yeah. it. But when you, when you say, look, I coach at Cyber High School and somebody asks you, tell me about Cyber High School. What do you tell them?
3: First thing I always say is one of the best kept secrets, Uh, we're very very family oriented, Um, we've had family after family at the school, Um, I'm teaching basketball players, I have their kids now, Um, smaller school, great environment, we have a wonderful special ed program. Uh, we pride ourselves. We've had a lot of teachers there over 15 years, over 12 years, over 16 years. Um, so you know what you're getting. You see familiar faces. Um, when the school started, we were high on technology. We were one of the first school to have uh, one-on-one computers. So I think when everybody hears the name Cyber School, you think it's this school that's online. Um, it's a regular school, but we— uh,
2: Bricks and mortar. It's yeah, a building. Yeah,
3: yeah, it's a building. And uh, we were one of the first schools to have— the computers that every kid could have—they were working on. You know, you got to think back. This was this was 20 years ago. Yeah. So now, obviously, everyone is caught up. Um, we still have one-on-one computers, Chromebooks, iPads, etc. But we were just trying to get everybody ready for the 21st century. Being able to work a computer early on when. It was fairly
2: new. Maybe I should go there because I'm still struggling.
3: Yeah, young was, man, I'm still struggling. struggling. I, it, it sped me up, um, even working
2: there. Hey, here's uh, one of the things we're going to get to a break in a second. But one of the things that impressed me um, on the website about cyber school is there there was a uh, like a, a movie family night mm-hmm. to come in and see the Lion King. There there was a, a class for the parents on how to fix their credit. Yeah. And I don't know of any other high schools that that are schools that do that. And and one night you've got a meal and come together mm-hmm. as a group and watch the Lion King together. And then the following week, if you're having a problem and and you want to find out how to fix your credit, then come on in. We we can do that as well. And and that impressed me.
3: Yeah. yeah um, like I said, we're big on family, bringing the community in. Uh, we have a principal, uh, Jessica Shamsky, who's big on. Uh, having everybody be a part of this, not just the kids. We want to bring family in, and we want to offer services that will help the whole family. When the whole family is whole, when we have resources, it helps everybody. It helps us teaching. Um, it helps the students because we're all speaking the same language. So, um, Like I said, it's one of the best-kept secrets. When When people come in, they're pretty much amazed at the building and just what's going on inside of it.
2: He is, uh, let's say Simpson, again, the head boys basketball coach, Cyber High School, 8th grade coach at Central City Cyber School, also a teacher at uh, at the gr- uh, grade school. He teaches between 5th and 8th grade. It's called Heart Reading Intervention, and I believe heart stands for have every age read together, correct? That is what, yeah? We'll go with that.
3: Yeah, we'll we'll. we'll That's go with that. That's
2: what I found. No, am I close?
3: We'll go with that. Okay, we'll, we'll
2: go with that. Well, I'll ask him during a break because I may have made a mistake on that, but I, I looked it up and that's the best I could come up with. Again, he is Say Simpson, and uh, looking forward to spending uh, the entire hour with him. We're going to talk about his testimony, and uh, he goes to is it Barron Worship Center? Berean. Barron. Barron Worship Center. Fifty yes, first and Capitol. They have an eight a.m. service out in Germantown. Eleven a.m. We'll talk about uh, about the mission of that church uh, throughout the show as well. This is. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside Say Simpson. He's the head boys basketball coach at Cyber High School. Also the 8th grade coach at Central City Cyber School and a teacher at that school. Um, we ended the first segment with talking a little bit about your church. Uh, 51st and Capitol, another church uh, in, in Germantown. And... Uh, can you tell me a little bit about about that church and what it means to you and kind of the mission of of, uh, of the church itself?
3: Yeah, Marine Family Worship Center um, is where we attend. I attend my family. Um, it's been great. I've been a minister there for about eight years. Um, beautiful church, beautiful pastor, and his wife, uh, Pastor Walter Henderson. And uh, Joycelyn Henderson, we call her Mother Henderson. Um, it's truly a church of teaching uh, the Word of God. That's the biggest thing. That's what I wanted the most was to be able to really learn the Bible. Um, it's not one of those churches where you have to feel like I got to wear this or I have to do this. It's just about loving each other and really being in that Word. So it's just been an honor to be there. Um, I love them. They're like my second set of parents. Um, I would do anything for them and vice versa. So it's just a great place to be.
2: Man, amen to that. That's You guys found a home. That's your home. That's awesome. Hey, let's talk a little bit about your testimony and and where your walk began and and kind of where you were age-wise and things like that.
3: Sure. Um, My walk really began in college. Um, If we go before that a little bit in high school, um, my mom was really forced to go to church when she was younger. So she kind of, when I was older, she said she wouldn't make me go. Um, So I never really went a lot growing up. Um, In college, I went maybe a couple times with some friends here and there, but for the most part... I wouldn't go my best friend at the time we were roommates um, Andrick Biddle we were in college together and he just after one weekend gave his life to Christ and um, it was just remarkable to watch it I didn't know what it really meant but I would just watch him read the Bible in his dorm at night four or five hours at a time and it was just amazing to watch so I watched him I watched him Fast forward a little bit, um, we began to live two completely different lifestyles, and he ended up moving out of my dorm room. He sent me like a Dear John letter on the bed, and he moved out, and he moved in with a bunch of Christians. They got their own dorm, and I just couldn't believe it, so I was really mad at him at the time. I didn't really want to speak to him anymore, but he was our campus barber. Um, So I still had to go over to his dorm to get my hair cut. He would pray over me. He would preach and he would tell me, I see you being a minister. I see you being a pastor one day. You're such a leader. I could just see you leading all of these people. And I didn't believe a word of it. I just wanted to get out of his dorm, get my hair cut and be done with it. So he planted the seeds. Fast forward, um, I get married to my high school sweetheart, Crystal. And um, she's already kind of going to church a little bit. She She was a Christian, so I was kind of holding her back and we had our first daughter, um, Amaya Simpson, who was born with a heart disease called tricuspid artresia, um which basically only one side of her heart was working. Um, they told us that she would need three open-heart surgeries to live, and I kind of thought it would just be a regular surgery that it would be over with. We ended up being in the hospital for five straight months. Um, she had the first surgery, and they gave her a 50% chance of living, and um, I just couldn't believe when she came out of the surgery. The surgery was like 15 hours, I oh, couldn't. Boy. I couldn't believe how she looked, and I dropped down on my knees in the middle of the hospital, and I gave my life to Christ in the hospital. So that's how my journey began.
2: Man, unbelievable. How, yeah. is, how is she doing?
3: She's doing great, she's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, she's a teenager now. She's thirteen. Y-
2: you have a teenager.
3: I got a teenager.
2: And you know what? And we are joined for this segment by uh, by, by your two younger kids. Yeah. Can, you, can you introduce real quick? Yeah, real my quick? beautiful
3: daughter Alea, she's eight, and then my son Aylan, he's two, keeping us on our toes.
2: Man, man, beautiful family. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely it. beautiful family. Your testimony uh, just gives me goosebumps. It does. And and you know, you were in the hospital for a long time. Yes, sir. I mean, she was in there for three five, months. Five months. Five months. Yes. And you guys didn't leave much.
3: We didn't leave at all. I would go home. I um, I would go home, three, four in the morning. I would leave the hospital. I would go home and get clothes from my wife when she was going to work. Then she stopped going to work for a while. I would iron. I would get everybody's clothes for the next day. I would go to work. I would coach basketball. Go back to the hospital, spend the night, and do the same thing the next morning for five months. I you
2: must that. have been exhausted.
3: I was exhausted but the weird thing is the Lord was keeping me. I had just gave my life to Christ and it was just like he was supplying everything that I needed. It was like a out of the book one of the books in the Bible. It was remarkable.
2: Hey, your best friend, the barber guy. What's your yeah. first name again?
3: Andrick Biddle.
2: So, did you call him and say I got to tell you what's going on in my life?
3: Right away. As soon as I gave my life to Christ, he was the first person that I called. After I told my wife of course. She was at the hospital with me, but he was the next call. Um, he was amazed, but he wasn't shocked. He said he saw it coming. They prayed for it uh, forever. So here we are.
2: Hey, when um, during our pre-show meeting we were talking, and, and Mike Wilkes, mm-hmm. who was a, a, a faith in his own guy, I was a huge fan watching him play basketball at a really high level. Of course. And um, one of the real good guys mm-hmm. from, from this area that... that uh, When he he came on, his testimony was was really strong, and he was a guy that you reached out to as well.
3: Yeah, I didn't know. um, Mike and I had mutual friends, and I was actually looking for some other Christian brothers that I could relate to and talk to. I didn't really know any Christians because I I wasn't in a church at this time. I had just kind of gave my life to Christ. I'm still in the hospital. So a mutual friend told me that I should reach out to Mike. Of course, I knew who he was from being in the city. He was in the NBA at this time, so I'm like, I'm not gonna disturb an NBA player. I don't really know that well, and uh, he said, "No, nah, Mike's not like that." So I gave him a call. We talked for like an hour and a half the wow. first time. He gave me his number. He told me call him anytime, anything I needed, and we developed a friendship from there. So he's just been a great guy, great resource to have around.
2: You know what? He uh, what what a great story. <laughs> yeah. To, to, look, I I think and and I think you'll agree that when when you know there are men in ch- in our lives and men in churches you know, we need to do a better job to disciple some some younger guys or not even younger guys, just guys that that are non-believers, to be able to say, hey, look, if you have any questions, come my way. It's a big, big, important part of what we do. And I don't know if, if as men, if we do that well enough.
3: I don't think we do. And I think one thing that Mike showed me was I need to do that for somebody else. And that's kind of always the invitation I leave to even the players that I coach. Again, I'm not trying to force Christianity on on any of them, but Daddy. I always got the window open for Daddy. them if they need it, and just brothers at church. Period. Like I'm always trying to extend my hand, give them my phone number, whatever
2: I need to do. Boy, he is. Uh, you know what? He I'm going to interview Daddy. him next. <laughs> this is uh, this is awesome. Yeah, he is the star. He is he is the star for Daddy. sure. Hey, when um when when you then told your family and you told your your mom and you told your dad, um and we had had the conversation about your father and you guys talk pretty much every day. Um, They must, were they surprised? Were they, are are they, you know, people now that you've obviously prayed for and planted seeds with to make sure that, you know, maybe they get to the church. How how did they react when all this was going on?
3: Um, My parents were surprised. Not, I don't think that surprised. My friends were the most surprised because they knew what I came from, the partying, the constant drinking, the clubbing. And I think they kind of thought it was a phase um, that I would go through. Uh, he'll snap out of it. And, and I didn't. So I think the most shock was from my community and just people that knew me from, you know, playing basketball, from some of the stuff I did before I gave my life to Christ. So uh, my family was just more excited um, just to see the change in me. My wife, of course, was super excited. Yeah. Uh, and I truly believe it saved our marriage because I think um, at the rate I was going with the party and things like that, I was so immature. Uh, Christ really matured me.
2: Well, I, I envy you that you figured it out at a much earlier age than I did, because I was doing the same stuff. Yeah. And I believe it saved my marriage as well. Yeah. I, I do. I, um, and w- when I went down to, to, to see Pastor Darren at Eastside Baptist Church and waited for everybody to leave on a Sunday night and walked in and said, I need some help. And when he said, look, I knew you'd come. Mm-hmm. And I said, What? he said i knew you'd come he said i didn't know when but your wife's been praying for you for years so i knew you'd come see me one day i just didn't know when and i there is a special place in heaven for godly women yes and i don't know how we do it we would do it without uh, I, I know i wouldn't no i not at all right I, I i'm not exactly sure where i'd be but i i certainly thank god for her every day because she is uh, uh, we have these two kids that are doing really well and these grandkids and I taught my son how to go left on the basketball court. Okay. Other than that, right? Man, that's about it. Yeah, that's all I got too. Now he could go left really okay. well. Okay. Right. But other than that, you know, that, that's that she pretty much handles <laughs> most right. of the other stuff, and and I thank God for that because, you know, these two kids are, are, are doing really well. Hey, um, the the part of once your your daughter then get out of the hospital, was, was it? Was there a time where it was difficult for you to continue walking worthy with all the all the commotion and, and your buddies now saying, okay, now we're ready to go, let's get back at it?
3: That was my biggest prayer when I was in the hospital was to not go back to what I was doing yep. previously, to not right. go back to what I was doing. So when I got out, that was a fear of mine that I wouldn't go back to what I was doing. And God just held that prayer for me and I was, I was good. Um, I think I went out one more time, like to a club, and yeah. I knew I was done forever. After that, that
2: wasn't, that wasn't your scene anymore. No,
3: it was over. And I had good accountability. I had good brothers. I had started to get a good support system, um, so I was good. Praise yeah. God.
2: Praise God. And that, you know how important that is. so to, to hold people accountable. Look, I, I, I'm on this. I'm on a. I'm on a journey now. I was on a different journey back then, as far as okay, I don't want to. I don't want to be doing this stuff anymore, and once once I just was open telling people then people were holding me accountable yeah. and the same thing on this other thing that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to accomplish right now once I open it up and as men we want to keep it yeah we, we do we don't be quiet yeah. about it we are a little I, I, I'm still a little embarrassed and yeah. you know a little embarrassed and a little like I don't want to tell people how stupid I was back then right but what happens is once you do and you know, I, I think Hillary Clinton, the whole it takes a village. Yeah, look, I, I I agree with that part. When at least in my life, that once I open up and, and and I allow people to hold me accountable, is when I when I do my best work.
3: Exactly, exactly.
2: Yeah, I do. Hey, listen, we're going to get to a break here in a minute. Um, as as your journey has continued, and and uh, I I think we talked about this on the, uh, during our pre-show meeting, but man, continue with these kids that you're that you're coaching and that you're working with. Because, man, they they see your walk, brother. They see it. They watch you. You know, you might not have to. Look, we don't have to be Bible thumpers anymore. Right. They just watch the way we interact with our kids and they watch the way we love our wife and they watch us hold hands and they know that something's different. Right. And so when they when they feel like the time is right, that they're going to ask you about it, man, they're coming to you. They are coming to you. You know that, right? Agree. Yes, sir. Yeah, and and kids you've coached in the past, you'll get a call five years from now saying, "Hey, coach, I got to tell you what's going on in my life." Always, I watch you. So he is, uh, let's say, Simpson, and two of his beautiful children are in studio with us. Um, he is the head basketball coach at Cyber High School, and the eighth grade coach at Cyber City, um, at Central City Cyber School, as well as uh, a teacher at that school. And we'll continue with him. On the other side of the break, this is Faith in the Zone
1: on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The Fan. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone, an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Brain Balance of Mequon. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The Fan.
0: All this time.
2: Covered me. Well, welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 1057 FM. The fan. Mike McGivern flying solo this week in our special in studio guest. He's a really impressive young man. Lasey Simpson, head boys basketball coach at Cyber High School, eighth grade coach at Central City Cyber School. He's also a teacher at that school. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, where he goes to church. And, and he talked at the end of uh, last segment how he's just really impressed with, with the mission of the, 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 the church and how they're giving back, and, and they're preaching the Word of God. And uh, certainly um, you and your family uh, members there, do you go to the, uh, the, the service on Capitol, or do you go to Germantown?
3: Typically I go to the one on Capitol. Um, 8 a.m. on right
2: off 51st and yeah, Capital. 51st
3: and Medford, exactly. Okay. Um, so
2: right like, by that Ace Hardware there, right?
3: Kitty Corner to Walgreens. Okay. Like, yeah, right across the street from Walgreens. So typically I'm usually at the 8 o'clock service, maybe once or twice a month um, Germantown, but most mostly uh, I do Milwaukee.
2: And then twice a month you go out to, to county, to the, the jail?
3: Yeah, I go to the jail, and I preach at the jail um, with another minister twice a month.
2: Where did that servant leadership come from? You know, we had talked, and, and is it okay to talk about about your your parents and your dad? Yeah, no problem. So uh, we were talking during the break, and and Lise talked about his father, and and uh, when he was growing up, he was, um, and when Lise was growing up, he was a drug dealer, and and he he turned his life over to the Lord when he was in prison. He's now a pastor. You guys talk every single day. First of all, he must be really proud of you.
3: Very proud. He's not a pastor. He's a minister. He's a minister. He's a minister. Yes, so he doesn't have his own church. But, yeah, he's very proud. Um, we have a great relationship. Like I said, we speak to pretty much every single day. We pray with each other in the mornings. Um, so it's, again, just a testimony of what God can do.
2: You're proud of him.
3: Very proud of him. I mean, to see him walk like this from where that way I grew up with him. Uh, again, he worked a job, too, when I was growing up. Um, but to see him live this lifestyle now is almost uh, I can't even believe it sometimes. So I'm very proud of him,
2: man. That's awesome. So, um, the, the church that you guys go to, it's, uh, it's pronounced it again, please for me. Berean, Berean. worship center. Yes, yep, sir. worship center. And, uh, what about that church for you? Um, let's say is, is, uh, makes it home. And, and, you know, when, when they're, when they're preaching the word of God, is, is it obviously something that they're, they're feeding the flocks and that's what we're supposed to be doing with this?
3: That's the biggest thing for me, and it's just watching their example. I think so many times um, we can hear people say they're believers, um, and they may live a lifestyle that's contrary to what we hear. Again, none of us are perfect, so I'm not Correct. trying to paint that picture. Nope. Um, but just watching the way they do things with integrity, watching my pastor, his lifestyle, I had never really seen anyone treat their wife The way that I watched him treat his wife, opening doors, opening the car door, making sure it it was just something new for me. Maybe the other men did that. I don't know. But for me, it was just shocking to watch that on an everyday basis.
2: Just put her up on a pedestal. And
3: that's exactly what he does. So it made me raise my level of how I treated uh, my wife and his wife um, the exact same way. She's a real mother. Um, I, I talk to her so much. I love her. We have a great relationship. But they are. The word, the word, the word, the word. That's who they are,
2: man. Hey, as um, and and cyber school where where you are uh, the head basketball coach and and a teacher and an eighth grade coach, at, at the, uh, the 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 middle school or the elementary middle school. Middle school. Middle school. Um, it, it's a public school. Yes, sir. And how is it hard for you, with 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 how vocal you are about your faith? Is it hard for for you in that setting? In the,
3: that's a good question. In the beginning, it was. Um, I was I was struggling. I just wanted to tell everybody the gospel. I wanted to read the Bible to people all, all day at work. And as I matured, um, got deeper in my faith, I began to see that they're going to read me more than me trying to read something out of the Bible to them every day. So I just try to make sure, again, I'm not perfect either, but I just try to make sure my walk speaks for itself. There's not a kid in a program that can tell you if they've ever heard a curse word come out of my mouth. Um, There's no foul music coming. I've had kids in my car at different times during the season. Um, So I just try to be consistent with who I am. I try to always walk with integrity. Uh, I'm a fun guy, too. I like to joke. I like to have fun. So I think that they see that Christians can... Uh, Be regular people as well. I think that's important.
2: You know, it's interesting, too, because we talked about being coaches and being competitive. And, you know, on Faith and Zone, we'll talk to guys that say, hey, look, as a Christian, you know, I don't think winning is very important. I I do. I think it's important. I think, look, we're going to play as hard as we can within the rules to get a win, because if we do then get a chance to talk to you about our faith, we want you to know that, you know what, we gave everything we had today. And win or lose, we gave everything we had and we're gonna play as hard as we can. And then when we're all done competing, man, let's talk about let's talk about our Bible, let's talk about you know where we walk and who we who we pray to. And I think it's important that we do that. Your feeling on that?
3: God always wants our best. So there's not one season that I walk into and say, ah, man, I would love to just be 0 eighteen. Um like I said, I'm very competitive. My biggest message to the boys preaching is, like, exactly what you said. Let's play as hard as we can and see how we end up. Now, there's been some times we've had a loss, and I thought we played great, and I don't even have much to say after the game because I felt like it just didn't go our way. We did everything we were supposed to do, and I can live with that. When we follow the game plan, I I can live with the results. Now, this wasn't always the case. I struggled a lot when I first got saved because I was win, 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 and I think with maturity, um... Yes. I love to win. I sleep well when I win. I'm just going to be honest. I you had, bet. I had a sure. win a day. I'm going to sleep well. Um, and I stay up still sometimes late when I lose, but that's just a competitor in me. But I don't stay there. I don't, I don't stay there the next day. I'm ready to go back to work, and I, I can erase things now. And that's all due to Christ. That's nothing I did on my own.
2: Amen to that. And, you know, as as, as young coaches, I think when we all look back to what we were like as young coaches, we, you know, we kind of shiver a little bit. I had, uh, I had a parent one time, and back think about how long ago this was, but she had a VHS, big camera. Ooh. And after the game, she said, Coach, I videotaped the game. And I said, that's great. And she goes, please don't be mad at me. I said, okay. I was 17 years old, 18 years old. And she said, I didn't videotape it for the reason you think I did, and please don't be mad at me. And gave me the tape and took off. I thought, well, that's weird. She videotaped me, and how ridiculous I looked, and how ridiculous I sounded, and I was embarrassed. And the next time I saw her, I hugged her, and she said, "Are we okay?" I said, "You, you changed me." I look, I didn't realize you don't know what what you look like to the uh, to the masses, and I wasn't I wasn't a Christian then. I was just a crazy kid trying to coach a grade school basketball right. game. But boy, it, it embarrassed me to the point that I, I thought about that tape a lot, and I think, I think in today's day and age, maybe we should videotape some parents as well.
3: Oh yeah, that would be a whole that would be a whole <laughs> another topic. Uh, I think it's interesting with the parents. I think we, we've had some rough parents in the past years too, and I think they kind of go as the coach goes. I think my demeanor is real laid back. Um, my sister can get a little he, he can get going. Um, but I think just having that calm demeanor kind of calms my parents. Of course, when we lose a couple games, you know, you get all the advice from everybody. Everybody. You, yeah, how they, what they would run, and you need to do this, and you do that. So I'm I'm even better with taking that kind of on the chin and not letting that soak in. So, yeah, like you said, it's all a learning process.
2: I agree with you on the, on the coaching part. You know, there a school that we used to play when I coached at uh, Dominican, and they were in our conference. And and I'm not kidding. It sounds like I'm being a jerk, but I didn't mean it this way. I, I and I know when I'm being a jerk. But I asked an assistant coach from this other school. I said, "Hey, do you think that if if the head coach and the entire staff that you guys yell like crazy and complain about every single call, do you get more calls?" <laughs> And I really wanted to know if that's what the philosophy was. But if you saw the school, what, what what would happen is, is the head coach and the assistant coaches would go nuts, and then all of a sudden the players on the bench would start going nuts, and it would filter right into the parent section. And now they were yelling at every call, and then the players on the floor started yelling at every call. And... Look, I think they I think they got way fewer calls because of that. Coach Wallersheim, who I coach with, made it clear. And last year it was it was uh, it was Tory and Marcus Hines and myself and he said, Look, nobody talks to the officials but me that's it. Nobody. And so we, none of us could say anything. And he knew exactly how hard he's been around, and one of the best coaches in the state, been around to, to be able to know how much he could push an official and how much he'd have back off. But there were times in the beginning of our career at Martin Luther where he would have to turn or he'd tell me, hey, get in the crowd and tell that parent to knock it off. And, and I would do that, and we would do that. And I think that, that settled that crowd down, and I think you're right on that. Hey, when when you are asked, if somebody within the school asks you about your walk, uh, you're free to be able to talk about that at that point, correct?
1: Yeah,
3: when anybody asks a question, and like I said, I've been at the school so long now, they pretty much know. um, There's not too many that come in. And again, I'm not forcing it. Um, They know usually when I'm in my room, before the day starts, I'm usually reading a devotion. I got the Bible out. Um, I'm playing some type of worship music. Um, so the boys on the team always tease me. No one ever wants to be in my car, um, cause they know the music I'm going to play. But so they pretty much know all of the staff. They, they know, they understand, um, the front desk, they always tease me. They call me pastor at work. Um, so it's 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 pretty much what
2: maybe the best nickname ever, right? Yeah, I'll take yeah, I mean, it. Take... Yeah,
3: I could be called a lot, you know. So I, I'll take pastor. If that's what you're gonna call me. I'll t- I'll take it any day. So
2: have have you um have you thought about? Did you get a chance to preach at church? At, ever? Yes, yes, I you, preach at my church. Yes. Um, so David Cooks, who I'm, I'm sure you know, David was a coach at Marquette. Marquette. Yes, yeah, and I asked him one time. I said, hey, I said, coach, do you ever get nervous, coach? And he goes, no he said i get nervous preaching yes he said that that's when i get nervous Agreed. he said but not coaching and uh he's uh we're praying for david right now he's going through some illness and and uh certainly i i shout out to him i I miss him on my high school basketball coaches show he's a great co-host and yes that that, man that area is always open for him to uh come back hey let's give Joe a break we'll continue our conversation let's say simpson He's the head boys basketball coach at Cyber High School. If you don't know much about Cyber High School, Google it and spend a little time on that website. Look, they will give you everything you need to know about the school, about what their mission statement is, what their vision statement is. They talk a little bit about some of the things that they're doing. Do you guys have uh, um, uniforms there, kids wearing uniforms? Oh, yes, or? sir,
3: yeah, we do have uniforms.
2: And and the 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 idea behind that is, is uh, I, I believe in that as well. It's so that there's nobody has to compete with anybody. Exactly. You know what, just just put on the uniform. There was an article that I read um, that, that the Career Day, Creative Career Day and Reading Intervention Specialist, let's say Simpson, didn't want the students to wait until high school to have speakers once in a blue moon because they didn't always get the spark right away and his quote uh, that I read later they'll pull uh, they'll pull me aside. And, or one of the other teachers, and they'll have a, have gotten a nugget from somebody who said something that day. And I think he's right. It takes a little while for these knucklehead kids sometimes. But you know what? We keep doing it keep doing the messages that we believe in, and, and it's going to get to them. We'll get to a break, and we'll wrap this thing up. Again, let's say Simpson and our special guest. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
1: Back to Faith in the Zone, a journey on how people in sports walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Fellow Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
0: All this time, all this time. You
1: covered me.
2: Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Mike McGivern flying solo this week. Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church. We'll be back next week. Boy, this has been a fun show for me. I'm very happy to meet this young man, Lasse Simpson. Again, he is at uh, Cyber High School. He's their basketball coach. He's also a teacher at the middle school at uh, Cyber at Central City Cyber School, and uh, he's a good young man. Hey, doing some uh, some research. Tell me a little bit about the Unhidden Light, um, a program that you used to do on on, uh, on Joy, which is a Christian uh, radio station. I know you do uh, some YouTube videos mm-hmm. with Gary Shelton Jr. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, Gary Sheldon Jr. is one of my best friends. Um, he's a pastor. His church is Desire of All Nations. And we started a ministry, Unhidden Light. We started just kind of playing around with videos. There were a lot of people asking us questions individually about the Bible. And I said, what if we came together, did like a 15-minute show on um, YouTube, and we just had different topics that people would talk about, and we would just kind of go back and forth. Sometimes we just had different perspectives on it, and um, it just started to make a lot of noise through the glory of God, and we were able to get on Joy 1340 with it. So a lot of the videos are still up uh, on YouTube under Unhidden Light. The show is actually called What in the Word?
2: What in the Word, or if you Google Unhidden Light on YouTube, you can see some. And, and during the break, we talked a little bit about, look, you guys were not shy about some uncomfortable topics to bring up.
3: Yeah, a um, lot of topics. I won't even put some of them out on the air, but um, if, yeah, if you just Google it, we, we touched on everything. We had about 20, 20 to 25 shows. Um, so there was there's a lot of info on there and, and really good stuff for the new believer, trying to um, figure their way out. What's next? What do I read? How do I uh, get through this? We dealt with lust, um, temptation, a lot of things that are kind
2: of uh, maybe brushed, brushed on in church. Sure. Yeah, and what's funny to me, and I don't know if you'll agree with this, but I, the, after I, I, I accepted uh, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, my personal Savior, that first year. There's more temptation oh, yeah. in my life and, and, and I, and I didn't understand it. And I asked a pastor, I said, look, I don't, I, why is this? Yeah. And he said, cause Satan doesn't want you Are a good soldier. Yeah. He doesn't want you leaving. Yeah. He wants you staying right with him. You exactly. watch the stuff that he's going to throw in front of you, yeah. man. Hey, this last segment for us, normally we, uh, we ask, uh, your favorite memory and I, I'm going to do this. We've got a uh, couple of minutes left in, in this segment, in, in the show, but, um, your favorite memory of playing basketball, being a player. Uh wh- what would you think your favorite memory of that is?
3: It's funny. My I have a lot of memories from being younger, but one of my favorite memories was actually in college. Um when I went to Proxide, our intramurals at our school was bigger than act- the actual basketball team. Now this is when I was there. Right. The games would be packed. I mean, you had all these girls that were rooting for different teams and The school was so small, we all knew each other. So these intramural games would be berserk. It was like a—it felt like a college game. And um, that was the first time I was actually able to play with all of my best friends at one time. The Greg Griffins, Johnny Densmore, Andrew Biddle, Anwar Jenkins. So we had this team, like a three-year run. um, We won a lot of games. We had a lot of rivalries there. So those were probably actually my best moments because I felt like I was playing with my brothers. Other teams I was on, you know, you had one or two friends maybe. But we were so close that it was just great playing with them.
2: So, as a player, what kind of player were you? Were you a kid shooting the ball or getting the ball in the gap, kicking? What kind of I guy couldn't were you? shoot
3: well. I actually shoot better now as I'm older. It's funny. Um, I, I shoot quite well now. But I was just fast. I loved to pass. I didn't have to score. I could lead a game with four points and be fine. My big thing was just I loved to dribble. I was the fancy play around the back on a fast break. Uh, got in a lot of trouble in middle school doing that early in high school. we get snatched out of games a lot. But that's how I was, just fast and trying to get the ball to somebody else.
2: If, if uh, back then your favorite player was who?
3: Oh, man. Back then I started off with uh, Kenny Anderson, <laughs> uh, Chris Jackson. Then I moved on to Stefan Marbury, Allen Iverson, uh, Steve Francis, Anthony Hardaway. Uh, those were Tim Hardaway. Man, those were my guys.
2: I- Iverson was something. Oh, my I-, I actually
3: t- like Marbury better for a long time. You did really? Yeah, I was a big Marbury fan. And then I got on Iverson more when he got to uh, I liked him at Georgetown, but I was big on Steph at Georgia Tech. Yeah. And then when he got to Philly, I was an Iverson fan.
2: Man, I, I've never seen in my life a six foot, maybe six no. foot kid that could control an entire NBA game. Yes. He could control the entire game. Yes. Not at practice. Practice. Yeah. Not practice. at practice. Not practice. But games. Yeah. Hey, before we get out, your favorite memory of being a coach. Oh, that's a good one. Favorite memory of
3: being a coach. Oh, that's a tough one. I have so many. Um, I think one of my greatest memories, I had a guy that was not that good on our team. We almost cut him. And we ended up putting him on. And all he did was rebound, rebound, rebound for us. He was like Dennis Rodman. He was so good. AAU coach came to our game and actually recruited him to play AAU because they didn't have any rebounders. So he actually played with Corey Lucius uh, for the whole summer on one of the top AAU teams and was able to go to high school off of playing with us and just rebounding.
2: Man, good for him. That's a really good memory. Yeah. You know what? I love stories like that. I have to tell you. Let's say Simpson, I I can't thank you enough for coming in, spending an hour with with us. Um, keep up the good work. I'm gonna try to get out to a game. If you get me a schedule, I don't know how many games you got left, but I'll try to get out to see your 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 high school team at Cyber High School. You know, being retired, I got a lot of time on my yeah. hands. You need me to come run a drill. But I may have to play Mike Aylor in uh, in Horse. Yeah, I got to see that. Yeah, he. You know what? He'd miss some shots against me. I get this. No, I'm just yeah, kidding. Yeah. I have no shot against right. him. <laughs> Thank you so much. Keep up the good work. Please say hi to Crystal and and your kids, and uh, keep walking worthy, young man. Thank you. It's been a blessing. You bet. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM the fan.
1: You've been listening to Faith in the Zone with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner. You can hear Faith in the Zone every Sunday at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. To find past shows, exclusive podcast, or to contribute with an inside tip for a guest, simply go to faithinthezone.com. Faith in the Zone is an inside look at people of sports and their walk in faith. Join us again next Sunday for Faith in the Zone right here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, the fan.
0: Was it really amazing grace? Now I know for a certain, Lord, it was you that rescued me. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.